This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he's contemplating how many cardboard cutouts of himself to buy. It's Mitch Doyle. But I really am. <laughs> That's great breaking news. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and yeah, Dal Roots sharpening up the uh, the old uh, dollar do calculator as well. Yes, gonna get me banners in there. Gotta gotta get me banners in. Nothing nothing offensive. No, just just good puns. Bring back the Raiders tongue banner. That's what I say. I think the I think the patrons would be fine with us using that money just to buy like thirty Dave Taylor cutouts a month and just putting them in stadiums. <laughs> No one wants to be able to reinvest that money into things in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. So it's if anyone not embezzlement if we're the, giving um, it back to the good rugby league. Uh, breaking story from Adam Pengilly on the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, NRL fans will be able to order $22 cardboard cutouts of themselves to be set up permanently in crowdless stadiums as the code pulls out all the stops to generate an atmosphere for the season reboot. So, yeah, obviously, we are very, very excited about this. And uh, obviously, of course, following on from the Bundesliga and um, Korean baseball doing similar things. Um, yeah, let's let's goddamn do it, boys. Good stuff. And by the way, I did notice your new professional introduction, uh, Bungard. You did change it to another episode, not this I week. I did so. it both times. Shout out, shout out Mary Kay. She, she messaged and was like, Matt, instead of saying this week, why don't you just say another? And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, Mary, you're a genius. Of course. Finally, she gave us an idea. <laughs> Mary is now struggling to enter her house because her head is too large to fit through the door. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I I got it both times. I think I think I bo- I think I botched the word everyone just then at the start of this one. But uh, people can go listen back and find out. But yeah, uh, we, we uh, first first couple of trial runs of the new intro have gone a okay. I think it's fine. I think I'm with it. With it anyway, you're here for a, another question time pod. So let's just there's a lot of questions today because footy's back. Let's just get into it. Why not? Are you serious? <laughs> We're gonna have me of questions. Okay. Over on Patreon, first question comes to Andy Valente, a good friend Mario Seeds. He says he knows it's only been eight weeks or so, but it felt like the longest off season ever. Have you ever felt more excited about about a footy season than this? No. Oh no. wait, yes, once. Sorry, uh, two thousand two. Uh, well. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably have a better answer, but like, it's just, you know, if, is this what it's like to be, is this what it's like to be pregnant? Like, <laughs> I feel like the NRL is going to be the baby that we're all waiting to birth at the, at the end of the, 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 the eight week of gestation period. Um, but yeah, just, just get it on, get it on, get on with it. All right up. Yeah. Pumped. I, I'd not be more pumped. I've been more excited in that when I was younger, I don't think you can capture Childhood excitement ever again as an adult. For, you I mean, know, that's for the definitely true. That is true. Mm, very true. But uh, it's excited I've been in a long time just because, again, it's like, as we all know, there's nothing else happening. I can't, like, the drive in of Blacktown, the drive in cinemas is open. And it, firstly, I didn't even know there was a drive in. Secondly, I was like, blown my mind that I can go to movies again now, too. So I'm going to yeah. hopefully go to the drive in Sunday night as well. There's, there's a, there's a drive in theater that, you know, how they usually have like the, the theater in the park, and I think it's the domain in, in Sydney. They do, they've turned that into a drive-in theater now as well. So, you know, the Rona, the the what do they say? Uh, the mother of invention. Necessity is the mother of invention. So, you know, the drive drive-in theaters. Maybe, maybe as somebody suggested, we'll be able to have games at Henson Park, and we can drive our cars up there and toot our horns like it's under eights. Be great yeah. stuff. Okay, um, next question, Dan Cullinane. He says, is the Cronulla theme song inspired by how much the boys love shooting up? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's these okay. little shit posts that make life worth living. Next question from Michael Gregson. Uh, he says, does PED abuse explain why Bronson Cherry, <laughs> Jerry's eyes are so close together? <laughs> That's what I thought as well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, at least he can try and claim that, like, well, so I didn't know what I was injecting. All I could read was, like, it said test. That's all I could see on the tube. I couldn't see the rest of it. Test. Yeah. That was an experimental COVID drug. <laughs> That's it. Uh, sir, this was in November. I'm getting ahead of the curve. That's it. 
Bert Andrews says, oh, this is our good lawyer friend here. Look at this, two lines. So you can keep it short, Bert. Well, lawyers usually uh, do like two, two lines. So that's about, yeah, about to say, well. they do know what they're doing around a couple of lines. But it's just... <laughs> Good. The work of Bronson Terry's Serbian sprint trainer, Anna Bolic. Anna Bolic. <laughs> <That's laughs> very good. Anna Bolic is very good. Now, now complete. Can we all look forward to a nice, relaxing season of Aaron Gray mediocrity? Ah, oh, Bungard is He's about gone. to come off the back fence. Listen, all right. That's that is. I scored four tries in a representative fixture, Aaron Gray. So show some goddamn respect. <laughs> Him and Robert Dennings. Aaron Gray's gone right now. It's um, it's some mediocre Josh Dugan until he gets blown up. We're getting we're getting ready for devastating. Uh, God. Next question. There's a lot, look, unsurprisingly, boys. There's a lot of a uh, lot of Cronulla, <laughs> a lot of Cronulla questions here. Uh, Manny McPherson says, "Why does Cronulla hate rugby league?" Look. It's a fair question, and the Sharks sucked for a long time, so it, it would make sense to me that they would hate their employment. Yeah. I mean, it's Cronulla. They hate everything that's not from there. Rugby League wasn't yeah. from there. Mm. Sherry has a funny surname, so he was clearly on the outer. That's it. Uh, anyway, Maddie's next question. How long until one of his media buddies writes an article saying that Cherry got into getting stung was actually a stroke of genius by dear leader himself? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no comment. Yeah, no comment. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go. Next question again. It's Jack Colley says, "Is Cherry's PED test one of the fi- Mitch's finest moments in terms of his agendas?" Mitch, uh, are you trying to say that you orchestrated Bronson Cherry's uh, test coming out right now? So that's I'd love to say that. I'd love yeah. to, be, but no, I'm not responsible. Not the puppet master. We've had some good days for the agendas over over the last couple of years. I mean, there will be no better than than Gus and, and Anthony Griffin victory laps for me. But it it does. It, you know, I'm not saying it feels nice when someone gets punished and you didn't like them. Like I, I kind of tagged my wagon to not being a Bronson Cherry guy, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, next question again, Jack Collins. Is there a bigger home crowd advantage in NRL this year than having teams flying four hours from Sydney to Townsville on game day? Surely worth a try advantage. And likewise for the reverse. Jeez, that's a good point. Yeah, that is a great point, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's a great point. Like I was talking about this on a Broncos league, uh, league the other day. I didn't actually fully know what the travel arrangements were for each team on the day, but... I do think very early in the season until teams adapt, they're going to struggle with the new travel. But I don't think anyone can get you get ready for what they're going with Townsville because there's no other trip that's going to prepare you for that. So I no. do think it's a very good home, home ground advantage for what the current situation is. Okay, uh, next question. Pat Lawrence says, are performance testing drugs available in Perth? Good well, question. I mean, you, can't spe- you can't spell Perth without P-E-D, so... Well, is that? Are you sure? Look, I'm, tr- I'm, tr- well, I'm trying. Look, <laughs> I was thinking that the other day. I mean, we we could send we could send the sharks to Perth because I mean, no Perth athlete has ever had problems with performance being performance enhancing drugs. That's it. Uh, next question comes from Rowan Edwards. He goes, I had to say Rad Radra out loud, out loud today, and I swear the new Sting has reprogrammed me to spit it out like Daryl Halligan. <laughs> run, run, run. <laughs> Every time. Anyway, my question is, what other ideas would you like Would you like to subliminally blame Rosh the footy masses with? Well, um, I think we've probably done that a bit in, in the, over our years anyway. So I know, for example, that me bashing Matt Moylan for so long <laughs> had a lot of people jump on bashing Matt Moylan, but I mean, I don't we, think smashed, I'm... we smashed, um, what's his name as well? Um, Aaron Woods. We Aaron were well Woods. ahead of the curve on Aaron Woods as well, being a, being a, being a scrub. So. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. And then like, but I think I, I've not got the wit to be subliminal. It's only, <laughs> you know, it's overt liminal, whatever it is for me. Like, I don't know yeah. what I want to sneak out there. But all I'm saying is watch out watch out the code and language from Dale Roots when he's talking about the hammer and sickle again next time as he watches. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Hey, mate, don't talk about me not knowing what the colour red is. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jack Cronin says, should Asada announce a player if this is positive, positive and they have relevant information to do so or when it's most convenient for the Cronulla Sharks? <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, what do you reckon? We think we should, they should wait till the Sharks have a replacement ready? I, I um, think the, the best thing that they could do is wait for the, the most inopportune time for the Sharks. So say, for example, the, the Sharks lose you know, a player, a, a big player. Yes, let's say Sean Johnson. So let's, you know, let's say Sean Johnson goes down with a hamstring tear and he's out for, say, eight weeks. I think that is the moment exactly after Sean. So it's, you know, when they've got the replacement ready to go, the Tuesday of team lists, that's when they announce whoever his replacement is, has been caught with, you know, a trunk full of marijuana. Because as as we said, like they, they, they left, uh, they let Morris go and now they don't have any frontline centers. So sucks to be them. It sure does. <laughs> okay, uh, next question from Dave. He says, let's say that heaps of sports starved people around the world do tune in this weekend. What would be the funniest, such weirdest, such best thing that could happen on the field that would make foreigners tell all their friends about rugby league? Ooh. Uh, who was it that executed the flip pass a few years ago? Warriors. The, uh, Nathan Friend. Nathan Friend. So something like that, because I'm pretty sure that made the Sports Center top ten. It did. It did. Um, something like that. Um, a Waddy Holmwood incident. Large man somehow gets into empty stadium and streaks. Um, yes. What else? Um, I think a like a big, just a big dude scoring a sick trial like Payne Haas's try last year, like something like yeah. that would really get him talking. I think. Or yeah, the other end, the, the at the other end of the at the other end of the spectrum is just a massive brawl because people love fights. That's it. Massive brawl is a good one, and then there's no big fella like a Georgie Rose or someone left to score a barnstorming try that people will get around because everyone mm. loves in, in American football they love an O lineman, big fat fella scoring a touchdown. So that would have been great. But I think I think what you've nailed there is massive Biff, yeah, or Biff, something ridiculous 100%. like it. Yeah, Biff is definitely it. Or or a shoulder charge comes back and they kill somebody with it. <laughs> you know, like well, something violent is what people like, you know, that's it. Uh, next question. Harvey G says, surely this one one performance enhancing drug scandal is too many for Cronulla. When will the NL decide enough is enough, fold the Sharks and replace them with a franchise representing a place where no one does drugs at all, <laughs> like Central Coast <laughs> or Perth? <laughs> Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, hear no crime, I hear there's no crime in the west of Brisbane either, Mitch. Just want to confirm that that's correct. <laughs> the clean streets. <laughs> the clean streets of Logan. That's it. Uh, Harvey G says, is it a coincidence that PVL is also an abbreviation for... Okay, I can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a brain injury. He should yeah. apologise for the pronunciation difficulties, Mitch. Yeah, I, I appreciate the apology, but how dare you? What Periventricular leukomalacia? I don't know. That's you're killing me here. Oh, I thought it was going to be something defamatory, not something you just literally couldn't read. Yes, that's what it was. Oh, I, think you've done, I think you've done pretty well. Periventricular leukomalacia? Yeah, I think that's, I think that that's pretty good. Yeah. What the hell is it? Oh, it's, uh, know, it's where but... your brain dies. And that's not fun. It's not, uh, but that that one ca- I don't know if that one will catch on. Uh, anyway, next question. Well, please, like I'll tell you what, Patreon people, you and your your fancy words. <laughs> this one last week, not here for it. I have to read these things. Bert Andrew says, "Question for Bungard." Yes. Who would win the nineteen seventy one Premiership winning South Sydney Rabbitohs or one Jason Tamalolo? Ooh, good question. Um, I think. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I think 13, 13 uh, for the t- for their time, elite players in the nineteen seventies would beat Jason Tamalolo. But would that team beat a New South Wales Cup team now? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, probably definitely not for me. Uh, so I reckon what seven or eight Tamalolos would beat a full thirteen from back then. Yeah, yeah. can they yeah. have? 
can they have one Damien Cook as well? Oh Jesus! <laughs> can you imagine like with one marker as well? Like, fucking forget it, forget about it. Uh-huh. But the five meter rule, bunga. Oh my god! Greg English <laughs> or Billy Slater would score two hundred tries if they played for the decade of the nineteen seventy. Hundred <laughs> percent, they would. Okay, next question. Matthew Duggan says, "Whereabouts in your home are you guys going to hang your poster, Peter Vlandis, from the Western Western Weekend?" I said, "Western <laughs> Weekend." I was going to say, in my opinion, the the mispronunciation of Western Weekender has literally made that question. Well, well done for forcing that out of Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but I said Western Weekender. Western Weekender. <laughs> You've had a shocker. I have. If you haven't seen these people, so Western Weekender is uh, they've put their paper out west of Sydney, and they've put out a Peter Landy's poster for this weekend's edition. And it, you know, again, like you know, the lift out you can stick on your bloody wall at home for bringing rugby league back. It is absolutely terrible. It has like the you know high sc- sorry like the high school uh, raffle pamphlet level of graphic design on it. Yeah. It's uh, graphic design is my passion, definitely coming out from Penrith, Penrith's local paper. But uh, I probably am going to drive out there and get one because you know, obviously, why wouldn't I? I want to be that guy. Have a have a PVL in my bedroom wall. Perfect. <laughs> Apolo- okay, apologies yeah. to your better half. Oh, she, yeah, I'll just I'll just lie to her about who it is. She doesn't know who it is. I'll lie. I'll just, I mean, having having propaganda on the walls was a big part of her upbringing. Yeah, I was going to say, who's that? Ah, oh, that's uh, he's the ch- chairman of the committee, you know, central. Yeah, committee. exactly, exactly. Right. He's just the late, latest important chairman in her life. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, uh, Michael Murray says, if you had personalized numbers in rugby league, which player would be the guy to get twenty three? We've definitely talked about this. We've answered this exact question before, yeah, but unfortunately, but but. The answer we gave, Jared Hayne, is retired. So, we need to well, come up with a new answer. Mm. So, hmm. Uh, I mean, Cooper Cronk did do this in a grand final and it was the best, the best thing ever. Yeah, agreed. Uh, player um, who would wear 23. I think somebody like Fafita would wear 23 because he has that kind of level of... Dale, if you don't think Andrew Fafita would wear number 69, you're an idiot. Mate, he's got Josh Dugan at the club. Clearly, Dugan would wear it. No, Dugan's a, Dugan's a twenty-three contender. He's a big NBA. Actually, guy. that's a good point. Actually, I might have mixed them. You just, that's a great you just point. Fallen into the correct answer, I think. Uh, yeah, Josh Dugan, twenty-three. I mean, he has played a lot of flu games as well. I think Kalen uh, Ponga might do it. Yeah, Kalen Ponga as well. Um, that's, a, that's a good shout too. Yeah, I think one of those guys. I think good. Good question. Now that we can't say Jared Hayne. So no, yeah. I want a twenty-four. Someone to do that twenty-four and say, "Oh, I want to be one better than the goat." You know, one of those dumb things. Or they, well, I mean, I'm assuming there's plenty of Kobe stands in the in the NRL. So oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah, yeah. All the all the front rowers in those eight, those filthy Kobe stands. <laughs> um, <laughs> next question again. Michael Murray's back. He says, "What are some differences between sports media access in Australia and the US slash UK?" Um, like I think the, the, the biggest thing for me is like beat writers. Like, I mean, there's not really like clubs here don't really have a specific like beat writer for, for that from their publication. I think it's mainly because there's not as many big cities um, or as many teams really, but like there's no, like, at least to my knowledge, Bungo, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the Herald don't have somebody who goes no. only to Penrith games. And the telly don't have someone who only goes to Parramatta games. Like, that would be one big thing for me. Um, no. And also probably the lack of, like, the different level of access, the different expectations of access, access as well. Um, like, we, you see after every NBA game, like, players are interviewed at length, like, at their locker, whereas here it's kind of like they do it, I know at least with the, with the AFL, like, you kind of get them in the team room afterwards. And then, like, they're off. They can go and do their own thing. Um, whereas, obviously, as I said, like, in the States, you get, like, li- literally locker room interviews where you there's those, you know, famous, famous... Alan, was that Alan Iverson? No, that was that was at a presser. Um, which, 
Which the, one? The mate? Russell Westbrook one where he says, come on, man. What a stupid question. Yeah, what? Like in what front are, of his what locker. Are you, what are you talking what are you, about? What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a great, that's a great one. I think, yeah, um, just from personal experience, just from the, uh, doing it here and watching it on television in those countries, as you said just then, the level of access thing is definitely the biggest thing. Um, I think in general, sports clubs in Australia are a lot more, not the players specifically, but certainly the people in charge of the players are a lot more paranoid when it comes to controlling the narrative and uh, letting their players do things that aren't strictly sort of sanitized with the club's approval in advance. Um, That's one thing. And the other thing is um, there's certainly a level of criticism of players in in other countries that just doesn't really happen here. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But like... You know, the, the things you've seen guys like Stephen A. Smith say about various basketball players and things like that, or, you know, Graham Suness talking about Paul Pogba, those things would never, ever happen here. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, there's the the one about, um, who's the player that Shaq, he's been, he's got like the record oh, for Dray- Shaq. Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Dray- Dray- Green. Dray- so, yeah. like, it, people specifically in the media here, at least, they don't have outward like such contemptuous agendas, I don't think. Like you can, yeah, there are some players who will write pieces about, you know, a player that they don't necessarily like. Like the stuff we've seen with Trell this this year, but that's been fairly widespread. It's not necessarily been one guy writing anti-Latrell Mitchell stuff or anti, you know, James Roberts stuff or whoever continually for the entirety of their careers just like to have a laugh at them or to poke fun or because they genuinely don't like them as a person. Like, I don't think that that really, that level of kind of contempt, I think would be the best word for it for professional athletes exists in, in Australian rugby league at least. Hmm. I mean, as you said, the, the media escapes completely different on all levels, but as you said, there's not that top end level of not, of, as you said, you know, let celebrity status of the footy players, like, you know, how LeBron James could fart and Skip Bayless would say who farted better in the 90s. Like, <laughs> it just, there's that whole level of obsession that doesn't exist for Aussie athletes here that is over there. But as you said, on the on the general daily basis, media managers in similar in this country can often be gatekeepers and they can put yeah. players up for their media obligations on a Tuesday at 7 a.m. because they don't have to do it any other time, any better time. Whereas, you know, in the in those agreements in America, in NFL, as we all know, like those guys have media agreements. They have, they have to front the media. You have to be accessible. Like yeah. that's just part of their, their CBA because they, you know, and that's in the CBA to understand that that's part of what grows the game. And we've all seen how NBA players are on Twitter and how open they are as well. It's, it's some players over here are a bit open like that on social media, but it's a whole different level over there because there's a bigger understanding of like how much more your off-field brand matters for the income of the firstly the, the game but also the players themselves like that's yeah. massively different and it is interesting the point that you make about like immediate access and specifically available access like players having to turn up at those media st- media days like the marshall lynch thing where he was only there because he would have got fined it's interesting when you look at international sports when they come here and i, I mean specifically football is one of them i went to an afc uh, i went to the matilda's china game in sorry, Matilda's Vietnam game in Melbourne, uh, in Newcastle earlier in the year. And it was really interesting to me as somebody who hadn't really dealt with a lot of international football that there's a, there's the mix zone and like players have to go through the mix zone before they go to the change room. You have to be going through there. You don't necessarily have to say anything, but like you have to walk through the mix zone to get to the, to get to the change rooms. Whereas as, as you said before, like we don't get that same kind of like immediate access to every athlete after the game or every, every athlete like on a media day or, and that, that example was kind of, I looked at it as somebody who had at least a little bit, a little bit of experience in, in this kind of thing. And I was, it, it did seem foreign, but it was like, it was at Newcastle stadium. It was happening here. But it, as I said, it's just because they, those brands, whether it be the AFC or FIFA or, Whoever it is, they know the value of the, the the opinions and the takes that the media brings them, and yeah. that's how that you publicise the game. Whereas here, I feel as as Mitch said, like the, the the league thinks that it draws the value on its of itself, as opposed to the media creating yeah. the value. There's definitely also another factor um, in this, which is that if if you basically, depending on which sport and sort of um, which competition you're wanting to cover 
you will, ob- and I mean, this this isn't really surprising, but you will get obviously get a lot more access to things if people need the coverage more than you need them. If you get me, so like for women's football, for example, Dale, they will roll up the red carpet because they want coverage far more than the NRL. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. of course, and that's great. Like, and I've dealt with them myself, and it's awesome because you get a level of access that you simply do not get with things like the with things like the NRL and it, yeah. it's genuinely refreshing. Like when I covered the WNRL last year, it was like that. I basically could just chill out at Roosters training and talk to as many players as I wanted for as long as I wanted. And they were all stoked to do it and all happy to do it. And yeah, we, yeah. we had a story on, on the blog that I wrote for last year about a player whose partner was having a baby and like the club came to us and were like, Hey, so this is about to happen and she's going to miss a game. Do you guys, like obviously it was on public record, but they came to us and were like, "Hey, here's a story. Would you like it?" Like, and I know that media manage media managers and club staff will obviously drop stories when they're positive, but like it was really refreshing for them to kind of reach out with something that was so personal. But as you say, like you can just like with with most women's sports teams, you can just rock out there and be like, "Hey, do you have a moment? Do you have three minutes after a game for a quick yarn?" Whereas yeah. in the NRL, if you were to turn up to training, there's you know, they'll, no they'll tell God's you. They'll tell you who you can speak to, yeah, and they'll tell you what you can ask them, and they'll quite often be players that they know they're offering up that don't have anything to say or whatever else. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just not the case in America. Like when I, and we'll get off this soon, but um, when the when the USA basketball team came here last year, like it was unbelievable. So basically, we went into the gym at Homebush where they were training, and they said. They put up like the actual like shot clock on the scoreboard for 30 minutes and said, everyone's got 30 minutes, talk to whoever you want. So I walked around, talked to Donovan Mitchell, Kemba Walker, uh, Steve Kerr, just dudes just sitting and you just walk up and talk to them. Can you imagine at doing that at a rugby league training session? Like it's, 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 it is insane to even imagine having that sort of level of access. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no. And those are the guys, like, those are the guys that you said they should be harder to access and they're not like... But yeah, the other good thing Dale mentioned earlier, that there's levels of media over there that unfortunately this market isn't scalable over here to be like that. But there's yeah. levels of being that, you know, you can just be a beat reporter for a team and there's a job in that. You can be national hot take guy. And, you know, a guy like Skip Bayless doesn't actually need to have personal relationships with anybody. So you can bash everybody and that's fine. And then you can be a newsbreaker. There's different levels to it and different strings to their bows. And that can let someone like, you know, guys like Woj and Shams can live in a world where we just break news real news as it happens we don't break any 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 rumor or anything because they can afford to do that in that market and you can't really be that guy here it's unfortunate but you can't you can't be the guy who sits there just on the real news like i think michael shamas is probably the closest in rugby league in terms of only breaks real news stories but you yeah. can't it's very hard to have to, to exist in the rugby league space over here and be that dude mm. yeah good question it is a good question. question. Uh, Michael Martin, one more question. He said, did anyone, anyone hear the Talking With TK podcast with ex-Shark Dean Treister? He unloaded on Chris Anderson in a way I've never heard any ex-player do before. Uh, I didn't going to go and to expand it. on that at all because I'd, I'd love to know what he said. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't expanded on it. But Talking With TK is a podcast I don't mind because um, TK is one of those interviewers that he's – you know, he's got pretty good access, but he's he's a good interviewer. He can take a very good backseat. And I don't listen to all the podcasts of, of talking with TK, but he has some good ones with um with former rugby league players I like listening to. I don't he covers a lot of sports and um not always I listen to all the other ones. I haven't listened to that yet, mate, but I will have a listen. Unfortunately, and I'm I'm not gonna sit here and Google the whole time what Dean Traster said, but it's always good when you get that insight from a player, you know, be it bitter or not, on their on the true feelings of a coach outside of what you get in traditional mediums. And uh, final Patreon question we've got here from Jack Colley says, what does Bungard say to Peter Fitzsimons in the office? Um, I have seen him in the office in the five or so years I've worked there three times. He's just very rarely there. So I've never actually spoken to him. Sorry, I don't have a more fun answer to that. Probably for for the best professionally. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. I didn't... um... I did <laughs> didn't want to put Bungard out of the professional bus there, but I knew the answer. Having we spoken about it in the past, and like it's same with other high profile journalists, other organisations. It's actually in the industry you guys are in, you don't. It's not really like they're colleagues, but it's not like you work together. Hey, no, 
Yeah, exactly right. And and um, we've had you know that's the same in most places. I know that there's people like Paul Kent's very very rarely in the Daily Telegraph newsroom, for example. So. Yeah, and uh, exactly. You don't really, um, you know, sit in a room and do a project with that guy or any, at any at any reason. You know, you wouldn't have to be in the same meetings. It just doesn't work like that in the media industry. Mm. Okay. Now over to uh, t- Twitter. First question comes from David Hunter, and I don't know if this is a joke I'm missing. But he says, "What pairs best with buffalo wings? Milk or Canberra milk?" Well, the answer is Canberra milk. I mean, what are you drinking milk with wings for anyway, you clown? Because they're too hot for some people. If you remember going to, where was it? The Norfolk? Yes. With one Andy Cutson and the, then the buffalo wings were too hot? But buffalo yeah, wings I, are not... Struggle. Buffalo, okay. But God, it's just, buffalo wings aren't that... Anyway, it, no, the answer is is blue cheese, by the way, when you eat yes. with, with buffalo wings. Yes. Ranch is for clowns and cowards. Oh, stop um, it. David Hunter, what? <laughs> well, speaking of clowns and cowards, you like ranch dressing. It fits. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can is, do you, okay, I legitimate question. It, yeah. Yeah, go. Yeah, vegan ranch, is that a thing? Not sure. Vegan, A's, vegan mayonnaise is fine. It's no worse than regular mayonnaise. Um, haven't explored vegan ranch yet. Um, oh. Barluk has vegan burger sauce. It's It's pretty good. Well, I mean, mayonnaise out of a jar is actually dirt. Like, I've, I started doing uh, my own mayonnaise with, like, an immersion blender and not doing the traditional way of, like, you know, adding an oil slowly or whatever. Just literally banging the egg in there with um with oil and using the immersion blender. And holy shit, like, jarred mayonnaise is disgusting now. Yeah, it's it, immersion blending, like, whether it's mayonnaise or any, like, good salad dressing, it's it legitimately changes your life. Yeah, so I may, I mean, that's why I'm on mayonnaise now. And it, honestly, again, it's one of those things that it is pretty – It's on, you're done in a minute maybe, max, and it yeah. tastes about 17 times better than the store-bought mayonnaise. It's one of the very few things of like, you know, at-home, homemade things that I don't think is a wanky thing in terms of my own time-saving and me doing it. I, all I do is homemade mayonnaise now. Store-bought, terrible. Uh, next question. David Hunter again, he says, what's the best new podcast started during this ISO period? Bonus points if he says his. So I know um, he started a podcast David did called, I think it's called Hyperthetical. I think that's what it's called or, or something similar to that. Hor- Sorry for getting that wrong if I did, mate. But he started a, a what-if podcast on rugby league history. Hypothetic, I think that's it. Sorry. Um, I haven't listened to it, to it yet, mate. I'm sorry to say. And I actually haven't listened to any other new podcasts in isolation times. Have you, boys? Uh, yeah, I got one that I started doing, um, and I think they actually started just before the lockdown, but, um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison started doing what, um, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey were doing for the office with Scrubs. So they've been going back through every Scrubs episode from the start and just talking about them, having guests on and stuff. And it's, it's, it's real good. I haven't started any, any new ones in isolation, but I did start just before, uh, back when the world was normal. Um, I started listening to the infinite monkey cage, which is, uh, a BBC science podcast with a comedian and Brian Cox. And I was also listening to, there's one called, I think it's just called the documentary podcast, but it's like half an hour, uh, kind of like history podcasts on the BBC. And there was one, there was one about the Dyatlov past mystery, which was like where nine, people went missing in Siberia or in the Urals, um, which was really, really interesting. But it's, it's just something that tickles my fancy. I mean, it's good to listen mm-hmm. to kind of while you're at work doing brainless menial tasks. There you go. Well, yeah, I haven't really gotten to – I'm one of the people who have suffered podcast time without transit, so I've actually listened to less podcasting, which sucks. Yeah. But I have watched um, – t- I've watched a couple of TV series with the missus. Uh, watched The Americans through, which is not too bad. I'm not going to go over the details of that. You can Google it if you want to. Oh, watch through that. We watched The Good Place again. Started Ozark, but she doesn't like it because it's too slow. And uh, I'm actually enjoying it. So it's one of those, uh, it's a battle to put it on every time. <laughs> She's got to be in the, uh, in the mood to not pay attention for me to get that on, yeah. on the screen. But uh, Big, big no TV wreck if you are into good TV. Killing Eve season three is fantastic. Watch seasons one and two. Um, definitely big recommend from me. Okay, so season three is the peak, though, you're saying. So we've got, so, am, well, I, am I, mean, I going through a hard slog? 
season three is season three's just come out. Season one and two are both available on ABC iView. And if you like Jodie Comer and Sandra O oh and lesbian uh, detective love story, it's very good. Violent, but very good. Okay. <laughs> Lesbian detective love story. I have it seen a, one or two of those a, videos. It ticks a in my lot day. of your. I was going to say it ticks a lot of your. Uh, <laughs> it ticks a lot of your television boxes. Only if they're stepsisters will I get <laughs> even more interested. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, messing has got Ozil over here. Is there a single player today who is more athletic than Glebe's Mick McGovern? <laughs> Do you think George Field could hit harder than Cumberland's lefty Gibb? <laughs> I saw this question. Um, did did are they real people? I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, but Mick McGovern or Lefty Gibb, those are, those are great names. I'd love to be either of them. I might, I might stand for Lefty Gibb. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but uh, Googling quickly, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, Lefty Gibb seems to be a left-handed magician. So <laughs> 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 that, that's a real one. But yeah, of course, you know those guys had come into our modern game. They're just used to a tougher, yeah, they punch a tougher game right. of rugby league. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Maddie McPherson says, "Can you believe we've made it? We have made it. Rugby league is back. Look at us. Yeah, just look, look at, at us. us. Yeah, <sighs> who'd have thought it?" No, oh, that's the best. Well, I mean, legitimately, though, we were in a space here, you know, two or three months ago on this podcasting, and the season might be bloody over. So thank God it's back. Yeah. It was, a, as you said, it was a tough slog. I remember we had a few chats where we were kind of like, so so now what? So what are we going to do? And I think, like, it, I don't want to toot our horn, but we've done, we as a, as a show have done some some good stuff through this through this lockdown, and I'm, I'm very happy that we continue to podcast through it. <laughs> So, so am I. Anyway, next question. Dane Jones got anger. Wayne Bennett loves naming hookers in the halves and back rowers at hooker. Has he lost his aura by not naming Cook in the halves and Bailey Siren at hooker? I mean, I you know, I said, there, there are worse things than Damien Cook in the halves, surely. I mean, look yeah, at the Titans team. Well, he has played there, but uh, yeah, I was upset to not see Wayne go crazy as he does sometimes with his half fill-ins. But who knows? Maybe you pull something out of the hat on Friday anyway when, when the team goes out there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, as Dale said, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing in the world, but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack Cronin says, what has more salt, the ocean or the tears of AFL media members backtracking on their pot shots now that the NRL's returning first? Oh man, I thoroughly enjoyed the AFL having a sook. That that picture, the Mad Men picture. Yeah. Oh man, that absolutely made my day the other day. <laughs> I don't think of them, and that's the way we should all live our lives, in my humble opinion, at least. Yeah, I did enjoy this, and I think Bungard pointed it out: the ignorance of like some of the attacks about us not being a national game. Like it's more difficult with a national game. It's, oh yeah. We didn't just get New Zealand from over here for our code. Yeah. Fair comment. Yeah. Uh, next question from RCB Shark. Given the bleak economic outlook for most people, but especially young workers, casuals, retail sector, etc., what career advice would you give to the stupid boy who pissed his career away? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, I don't get, know. I don't... Don't get a trade, my son. Yeah, I mean, obviously he'll he'll come back. Well, you'd think he would unless his life goes off the rails from this if he has a four-year ban. Yeah. But I don't know, mate. He'd probably go figure a way to be like, you know, work at a coffee shop or be a personal trainer or something, something you can do for four years while you can spend your time training and getting getting prepared to return to the game. Yeah, like if, if I was him and I was – and this is being genuine, not being funny. If I was him and he's looking at four years, I would be on the phone to Shandor Earl today because – 100%, like, mate. Like I know, and I, and he came back with after an ACL as well. So, like he needs to, he should be going and getting help from the RLPA. And and I would be on the phone to Shandorrell as quick as I could get his number because he may not be the world's best rugby league player, um, Shandor. But like, hey, he got out of he got through four years of being away from the game, and he got back into into where he is now. So you know, clearly there's a roadmap, and hopefully, like I'm not a Bronson Sherry stand by any feet of the imagination but there's obviously a road back so if that's what happens good luck to him 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, next question from Goddamn Gunner. He says, have you gotten a haircut yet, fellas? No. I haven't gotten a haircut since April 2018. So nice. No. Good for you. Yeah, I was going to say, you've been looking long anyway. I'm, yeah, I'm you... thinking about it. I was having this discussion with someone the other day, actually, about potentially um, when I do get it cut, saving saving my hair and giving it to like cancer patients for wigs because my hair is long enough now. So I'll probably do that. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you do a world's greatest shave, mate? Because I've got a rude head. No, nah, don't <laughs> do it. Um, I would. You, your hair's glorious, mate. Keep it and um, just just donate some of your own money instead. Yeah, that's yeah, very sweet. Cool. Um, I had I been back to the uh, two to three weekly cuts. I've got a, a hairdresser I found around the corner that shuts the fuck up when I go there, so I'm in. Perfect. And yeah, that's what I'm going back. Um, next question comes from Simon underscore Eel ninety seven. Just says, "How good is rugby league?" And God, it is good to have it back, mate. It is so good. How good is it? <laughs> uh, Tyhr Blue says, "Not a question, but a shout out to Madge for discovering the secret of success is running with two rangers off the bench." And talking <laughs> about Clark and Alex Seifarth or Seifarth. I don't have to say that yet, but um, I do. I do have a love for the the red nut and rugby league. That could be what keeps the international fan in love with the game. A mm. <laughs> uh, good friend, Matt Coleman. And he says, rank the best thing, rank the things in Campo's 37 things we missed article from best to equal best. <laughs> <laughs> I give all I mean, of those if, things a solid 11 out of 10. I mean, if you haven't seen that article, yeah, you have to go read it. We're not going to, I don't think we should, you know, take away from him and read it on here, but go check Campo's 37 things we've missed in rugby league. It is, it is truly one of the most joyous rugby league articles I've read in my lifetime. The, the point that he makes about the Henson Park Happy Meal, like, and I said this to you blokes a few weeks ago, but like I'm genuinely devastated that the New South Wales Cup's not going to be played or won't be played in its full kind of iteration. I, like I just, I just want to go to Henson Park and like watch average footy and sink tins with my mates. Like that's what it's about. You know, and I, I'm going to miss that this season. Yeah, it, 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 it is an absolute pearl of article. I was just choosing not to confront reality, so. <laughs> That's how um, I've lived my life for thirty-one years, mate. So I can only give you, I can only give you my ticket okay. approval. Okay. Next um, question. Can I oh, sorry, mate. You can. Oh, can I give you some breaking news? Uh, I have paid twenty-two dollars for a cutout of Link to be at the football this weekend. <laughs> Very good. If these cowards oh, don't put my dog in the stands, there's going to be problems. <laughs> he's he's got his mouth jersey. What? He fits the criteria. I imagine. So you can pick somewhere. Can you pick somewhere for him to sit or something, or was that just Charlie? Part Charlie, of it? Charlie did it while we were recording. Um, and yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, perfect. I like it. Let's see. We we'll keep an eye out for Link. And anyway, Shadow eighty six is the footy players were better back in the eighties. People rugby league flat earthers. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with 100%. that. Yeah. Then they ignore any scientific evidence. <laughs> To them, but yes. No, sports science they literally does do exist, science. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. spot on. Uh, th- Simon is for 393. How will people react if the Bears came back, but as an A League franchise? What? That's effectively what the Mariners are. <laughs> yeah, and also, <laughs> no one would realize. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's very true. The A League did it ever really happen. That's it. <laughs> Pie Man nineteen eighty seven says Peter Vlandy ha- seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. <laughs> Why is he so popular? Pie's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Josh says Why is everyone lauding Vlandy's as the second coming? NRL's only beaten AFL by two weeks and have to deal with SA or WA governments. Yeah, I mean that is true, but they still have to deal with. They, they do still have to deal with, obviously, Queensland were holding out about players not getting flu shots. So there's obviously been a little bit of kind of legwork. But the, the big thing for me has been New Zealand. Like, the Warriors have just been completely fucked around by all this. Was yeah, it, who, was the, mean, who was the player who was got Patrick Herbert was going home to see his wife to, to you know, watch the watch the birth sure. of his first, yeah, his son. Or his, yeah, his son yeah. or daughter. And, like, he's only yeah. just come back and has to go into quarantine. 
Yeah, but it's like, well, I mean, he's getting hailed, obviously, for we don't know why people love him so much, but the AFL can thank him. Let's be honest. They, they, they've been, hands been forced by the NRL coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and people did, one credit to him, people did laugh at that date, and it's, it's happened. People put those roadblocks along the way, but it's, it's happening. Mm. Back tomorrow, no one's complaining now. Uh, West Life Pods says, with the NBA going to play the rest of their season at Disney World, what Aussie theme park or tourist park would best suit a rugby league lockdown comp? Wonderland. Oh, God. Wonderland. <laughs> 100% Wonderland. Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, it was based in Sydney's, heart, Sydney's um, West, which is rugby league heartland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had human nature as one of the tracks that they pumped over the sound, the sound system for some God only knows reason. Um, it was ahead of its time, I guess. Wonderland. There was there's there's not really another theme park other than Wet and Wild in Sydney. I don't know. It's it's it fits. Surely, surely it fits. Yeah, I mean, there's not many other options, is there? Jamboree is sort of more rugby league. Actually, that's not a bad. That's not a bad shout. Jamboree is not a bad shout, and it's and it's a way like. It's away from everything, so like they could, you know. Yeah, they've got a the little go kart track there. Little putt putt. I guess it's, I guess it's more um like how you're approaching the question, like sort of what, if you ask me which theme park is the most like rugby league, it's probably Jamboree. But if it was which place is best suited to do this, then it's obviously SeaWorld because SeaWorld has like hotel rooms and shit, and is on the Gold Coast near a stadium. So. Okay, um, other breaking news. So the first of the Warriors loan deals has happened. So Sydney Roosters have had uh, their prop, Farmer Silly. Remember Farmer Silly played a bit last year. Go to the Warriors on a four-week loan, not even season long. So the first cool. one of them happening. I'm pro NRL loan deals. Like Absolutely. we're opening up the gates. That's a good signing for them. Uh, next question. One of the last ones. Booner05 says, with plead of Landy's... Both listening to the fans and loving suburban grounds. Will the Newtown Jets be the next expansion team? Because then I'd be really excited. Look, as I said, the more games that we get at Henson this year, the better. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm going out to say. <laughs> I mean, that's a pro one. We could like you know we're playing without anything, anyone in the grandstand, but at least it has a, the, the scenic background of the hill. Wouldn't be too bad playing a game there. I, right I was now. just thinking. Speaking of which, which. Uh, theme park would be would be the best place to have rugby league. Like if seriously though, if you were going to have all the ga- like I know that the ho- potentially the hotels aren't there, but like if you had the games that had the players staying at Jamboree, you've got all those beautiful grounds down on the south coast. They're only within half an hour's drive. You like play games at Kiama. You're looking out over the sea, beautiful backdrop. Same kind of thing as Henson Park. Just what we should do is just pick the most beautiful grounds. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I don't, yeah, they would have looked nice. But uh, this suburban grounds thing's been funny because there has been like no support of it by anybody. But he's pushing ahead, and even in some of the quotes was like talking to the Leichhardt, like the Leichhardt mayor, and some. Everyone knows they're not putting a bloody cent in that stadium, but he's still trying. Well, they they talked about like with suburban grounds. They talked about um, Sydney, Sydney FC were talking about playing game and have been playing games there recently. And the Leichhardt council was saying, or Inner West council was saying. I were going to pour $2 million into improving the ground. And like the $2 million got them like a concrete slab, a small fence, the seats from the SFS and like FPOS. So yeah, $2 million doesn't buy you a lot of stuff in Australia, unfortunately. Try buying a house not. in Sydney. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Last two questions. Lachlan Hancock said, did someone tell Bronson that one little injection could cure overlapping eyes? <laughs> Come on. Overlapping eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very nice. Fuck. <laughs> Let's not rule it out. That has sent me. Lads, wow. That's it. And the final question, Moz Morris said, is it odd how they've dropped to one referee on the field but maintained two in the bunker? That's that is cool. weird. Oh, what's what's going to happen with the bunker with social distancing? Are they going to be are they getting a bigger bunker? Is that where our bush footy money is going? <laughs> the bunker's actually huge in there, hey. So I think they won't be worried about that. But the whole the whole thing has been odd. I mean, all the cost cutting. There's no there's no explanation for anything, but we want one referee. You know, that's pretty much it.
good question. Okay. Well, that's it. That's the question. Do you guys got guys got anything to say before we we get out of here? No, no I'm I'm good. Just real real done. stoked for the weekend. Can't wait. And if these just, cowards just don't put my dog come back. in the stadium, I'm gonna there's there's gonna be hell to pay. Yeah, just, just just say that Link's your carer. You'll be fine. You'll get away with it. Yeah, I think it's fair. But like, I mean, you have to be in a, like a portrait mode where you're like, like look sort of just like facing straight ahead. And I got him to sit down. Well, Charlie got him to sit down and he's just sort of facing forward. I, t- I tweeted a photo of it. So like, yeah, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be able to. That could happen. NRL, you cowards. I agree. More dog, more dogs in the stands, less people. I agree. <laughs> big, big agree. Pause, pause at the park. Make it happen. Bark at the park. Mitch, can, if you can get... If you can do the photo of Darius Boyd with Pickle's head, now we're talking. <laughs> oh, I'm in there. Why, why could they say no? I can't. I don't see how. Cowards. Do you reckon that how strongly will like they vet them? Like, like God, the, the, I mean, there's some potential for uh, hijinks with this project. <laughs> NRL fans, hij- hijinks never. Never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul Pond is definitely ending up at the NRL. Oh, God. And you're backing some marketing guru, just like how they've had those times where they've done those automated jerseys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like... Um, our memories, don't forget either. Oh, uh, the one where it was like, say your Twitter handle and we'll generate you a Euro yeah. 2012 jersey. And one of them was like, Madeline McCann is going for Portugal. And it was like, oh, oh well, well, this, uh, is, this is proven that we can't have nice things, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay. Well, I think we're done here then, boys. Yep. That'll do me. Just thank God footy's back. Less chat, more footy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, cannot wait. Genuinely, this weekend cannot come quickly enough. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dal. Ta-ta. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>